everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. Doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> I am Victor. And I'm Max. And I'm Kitty. Um, <laughs> uh, Kitty is, uh, looks pretty pale. She's going to, oh, yep, she's running away. Bye, Kitty. Um, yeah, so Kitty's not going to be joining us tonight, unfortunately. Um, she's got her own uh, uh, hot girl shit to do, uh, or pot girl shit, depending on who you ask. <laughs> um, so it'll just be, it's just Max and Victor tonight. It's the Max and Victor show tonight. Yep, yep. And 38% of our audience Will's continue listening. The rest are just going to immediately shut it off. <laughs> and instead of doing uh, Salem's Lot tonight, since it was Kitty's pick and she's not going to be here to talk about it, Victor and I are going to do um, episodes three and four of one of our favorite zombie shows of all time. Yes, quite literally the only... Uh, interesting zombie show that i've watched in the past probably five years yeah agreed i mean walking dead was good when it first came out that was um, like 12 years ago dude i know and it was, <laughs> it was good for like four seasons and after that i'm like ah this is dumb now and then yeah. this came out and i was like oh my goodness i had no idea zombie shows could reach this level <laughs> yeah it's just oh man I, i'm really i'm really glad you picked this um so first off I hope that we remembered to record a little, um, we talked about this in the middle of last week, um, and we, you know, because Kitty was fairly certain that she probably wouldn't be able to record tonight, so we were trying to figure out how we would deal with this, and we decided that um, it would be easy enough for us to just record a little little uh, tidbit, a little snippet, saying, you know, instead of Salem's Lot, we're going to be watching episodes two and three of Kingdom on Netflix, check that out and join us next time. Hopefully we did that, and we put it in the last episode, Um but who knows? Anything can happen. So if you are tuning into this episode expecting to hear Salem's Lot, we apologize. Um, we didn't do what we said we were going to do. Supplies. I mean, surprise. <laughs> Supplies, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So. Oh, show my God. That we chose, at least in the United States, it's called Kingdom. Mm, that's a good point. I'm not sure what it's called in korea it's i think the name's a little different but if you get on netflix uh it's a netflix original <clears throat> so you can just get on netflix and uh <laughs> type in kingdom and there it'll be uh there's also kingdom a shin of the north um which is like a movie like prequel slash sequel to the events that have happened in the show so far Really? Um, I missed that entirely. Yeah, I mean, it, it was okay. But there's, mm. if, if you remember at the end of season two of Kingdom, there was like, they were finding like the corpse plants 
and somebody was like giving villagers seeds to grow them and like mm. it cuts Spoilers to like first season two well yeah but <clears throat> it cuts to like a crazy lady in a shed and i'm like wait that can't be the queen for reasons i guess we won't get into right now i, I thought it was not. the queen um queen cho it's not it's a shin of the north uh, mm. and she's yeah making zombies so anyway <clears throat> we chose episodes three and four because it is, it's uh, um, the show's a lot longer than what would we could do in one night. Mm. Um, I think what is there like eighteen episodes per season? No, that can't be right. No, I think there's eight episodes per season. I think you're right about that. Um, but I love every single thing about this show. I'm not going to go into actors because a I don't want to mispronounce their names, which I will. They're all, uh, almost all Korean. Um, it's like a Korean historical show with zombies. Um, so, like, everything about, like, Asian culture from, I'm guessing this is, like, the 16 or 1700s. I just, I, guess. I love everything about it. Like, I like all their clothes. I like the food they eat. I like the way they eat their food. I like, like, the prison bars and the locks they have and the swords and... <laughs> everything yeah their attention to detail is freaking awesome um down to some of the like really impractical clothes that people wear like it's it's (laughs) really super accurate like i like Um, prince chang and his bodyguards like little hats i really like those (laughs) hats they're like uh they're almost like sun hats but they they're like made of like a mesh netting (laughs) yeah oh i think um Okay. Just completely like ruin somebody's culture. Be like, yeah, it's almost like this other stupid floppy hat thing. <laughs> I mean, they are weird looking, but I, don't, I like them. I, just, I, I like yeah. everything about it. But uh, according to Netflix, which produced the show, uh, there are six episodes per season, and there's two seasons. Okay. I thought there was something pretty small like that. There are a lot of their originals lately, and I'm fine with it. Like, if they're going to do an hour or you know, ninety minute episode. Um, I'm fine with it being, you know, six to eight episodes of something because if it's of good quality, I'm I'm happy to have less of something as long as it's higher quality than the opposite. Yeah, agreed. And this show really is just like top quality. It just yeah. really is the acting, the the culture, the history. I'm not super familiar with Korean history, but. Um, the show takes place during the reign of the Joseon Empire in, I think they called it Korea back then. At least they did in the show, I think. Um, I don't remember, and I'm not really great with geography or history, so um, I apologize. I'll probably get a lot wrong in this this episode, but I don't remember them ever referring to their continent. Um, Maybe, I don't know, maybe they didn't. Um, but now it's the place where we have South Korea, where we got the Gangnam style song from, which mm-hmm, is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the North Korea, which we don't like very much. So, <laughs> and the North Korea, <laughs> I, um, descended from the Haewon Cho clan. <laughs> uh, yes. I, I don't, um, <laughs> so, um, they, uh, real quick tangent. This will be one of my tangents for the night. Okay. Um, my kids really, really enjoy watching uh, uh, really any kind of TV, um, any kind of specific. If it has to do with animals and it's animated, they're excited. Um, 
So out of desperation to not watch the same thing 300 times in one day, occasionally I'll be like, okay, guys, we can sit down and watch a movie. Um, let's put, and I'll just randomly pick something and hope that it's better than, you know, hope that it's not terrible and hope that it holds their interest so that I can see something different along with them. Um, and I put something on called the nut job the other day. And it's like, it's an okay kind of meh like story about a, uh, a fa- or a, a squirrel that doesn't do what he's told and like ruins everybody else's good time basically. Um, <laughs> But for some reason, they have uh, Gangnam Style in it, and at the end, they must have paid a lot of money for this song because they use it. They use half of it in the movie, and then they use the entire song in its entirety for the end of the movie, and everyone dances to it. Like I imagine, they paid a lot of money, and they were like, "We're gonna get our uses out of it," because like the amount of time it spends on screen, uh, on screen, so to speak. Um, is a little ridiculous to me for like a funny little like haha we're dating ourselves by using like a, a fun song that people like right now because movie's <laughs> probably from 2008 or something um, but yeah there's my tangent okay um, yeah they probably did pay a lot of money for that a lot of money because uh, that song was famous um, like not long after it was released so <laughs> uh <laughs> Alright, so, to give a little background, since we're doing episode 3 and 4, I wanted to do those two, because episode 4 is one of the greatest episodes of any show I've ever seen, ever. Yes, Um, and episode 3 is when shit hits the fan. Yeah, that's, episode 3 starts kind of like midway, like at night, of the infection of um, Dong Ne. Yeah. Um, But in episode 1... Um, it's hinted that the king of the Josen Empire has died of smallpox. Um, <clears throat> and Lord Chohakchu, the bad guy, uh, he um, employs a physician to basically bring the king back to what might appear to be life. So that he can kind of use it as like a puppet king. And basically, yeah. Chohakchu is, he's ruling korea basically Um, it's not a terrible plan if i'm being completely honest like as far as like uh power plays and overthrows go it's not that bad no no he had a he had a good good plan in in place um and i really like lord cho hakju he's he's so evil and like he never smiles and he's always (laughs) like looking at people with those eyes of his and uh, yeah he's cool um yeah so anyway the king's dead from smallpox Chohakju has a physician bring him back to life with this certain kind of plant. And Prince Li Chang, uh, the crown prince Li Chang, who would in theory be next for the throne after the king dies, mm-hmm. he knows that if... It's it's complicated. You kind of really have to watch the show. But yeah. Chohakju, his daughter is the queen who was married to the king, who is now dead, which nobody knows. And he... She's pregnant, and she needs to give birth to a baby boy, because if she does, then they'll have an heir to the throne, and they will probably just kill Crown Prince Li Chang. But Li Chang doesn't want to die, and he suspects his father is dead, and he knows somewhat what's going on. So he releases, like, a notice in the streets um, saying that the king is dead. And in an effort to get people to know that he is dead and to put him on the throne, not because 
He's greedy for his father's throne, but because he doesn't want to become a victim of Cho Hakju's plans. So, that's basically the first episode. Um, <clears throat> and the doctor comes in with his... Um, uh, doctor presence. What? His doctor presence. His doctor presence. And also a guy named Danny. And I was like, well, that's a weird name for like a Korean show, but it's like Dan E. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, they're like Danny. I'm like, Danny. Like you have Lee Chang, Cho Hakju, and Danny. But <laughs> um, yeah, so this young boy, Danny, I guess, is the assistant to the doctor. And the king, he gets too close to the king's bed and the king kills him, essentially, mm. with his zombie stuff um so dr lee song he is his name he drives back to um what do they call it like ju young i think if i'm saying it right i yeah the you're talking about the town well his well i think his estate is like outside of dong oh okay, okay. and he, he takes danny's body <clears throat> back there um to be buried but like Everybody's suffering from famine except royalty and like richer people. So, my favorite guy in this show, whose fault this all is, basically. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, his name is Yong Sin. He is, you don't know this yet, but he's a Chaku soldier. Um, and he's there at Dongne. I guess he had an injury that Sobi, the nurse, was treating, who's also really cool. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, it, Every time they say her name, all I can think of is Sobe Lifewater. Sobe. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Every time. <laughs> um, but anyway, Sobe's, I guess, treating his shoulder wound or something. Maybe he got bitten mm -hmm. by a tiger. I'm not sure. They don't They don't say why. But anyway, um, like uh, all the patients at Ju Young are, are starving, basically, because there's just no mm -hmm. food. They've eaten all the bugs. There's nothing to hunt. And, like, Sobe's kind of, like, gathering up roots to boil and stuff. So, what Yongsin does um, is butcher Danny and put his meat and stuff in a pot to feed to everybody. Because Sobe comes back from picking plants, and she's like, why is everybody eating? Like, where did this come from? And he's like, ah, oh, I killed a deer. And then she mm -hmm. goes to get somebody more stew and, like, finds a finger in it. And so she confronts Youngson about what he did, and he's like, listen, like, we don't need the government's permission to starve. And this is what people do to survive. Yeah. And for some reason, Danny didn't turn into a zombie, but the people, like, basically everybody in there who ate his meat stew, um, they start to become unsick and undead. <laughs> Uh, and that's kind <laughs> just, of where all this starts. Just real quick. I, I want to say that like <laughs> the new term for drinking the Kool-Aid is eating the meat stew. Like, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, whatever. Like you drank their Kool-Aid, meaning like you've been converted to their cause in like, <laughs> but like, well, they, ate, they, whoever ate the meat stew. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. And like, it's weird too. Cause like he doesn't eat any. For some reason, um, and I still don't really know why, because like, I from one perspective, I get what he was trying to do. He was trying to be helpful, and he was trying to keep these people from starving, and I get that. 
what he did was kind of awful and crosses some moral lo- like boundaries but yeah also like how did did he know that that meat was fresh enough to be cooked and not make people sick or was he just hoping that like if people were sick from like dysentery or well probably not dysentery um what do you get from eating spoiled like salmonella i guess yeah that it'd i be guess. better than starving like i don't know what you can get from eating human spoiled human meat um Probably all the things you can get from eating any other spoiled meat combined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not um, sure. But he didn't eat any. Um, he didn't. Neither did the doctor. Um, and Sobe almost did. But uh, Chief sees the finger and is like, well, I'm not eating right. that. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Because it took Lee Chang and his bodyguard, who is named Muyong... Muyong. It took them like a couple days, I think, to reach Dongne. And Lee Sung Hee was just driving like his little cart <laughs> with like a donkey. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how long and they meat do... lasts if it's still in a body, but I mean, I I know from growing up in a rural part of this country that typically if a deer's hit uh like in the morning and Okay, let me back up for a second. When it comes to, like, roadkill, and this is probably going to freak some people out, but, like, there's, like, a general rule that, like, if you're going to take roadkill and bring it home and, like, butcher it to eat it, it's typically only good for, like, a few hours because, like, it's going to be sitting there in the hot sun. And that is, like, maybe they had the body covered and stuff, and that would help preserve it a little bit. But, like, typically, if you were to hit an animal in the morning and then you go back to get it at the end of the day, you're not going to want to eat that because it's been sitting there all day. And by that time, like, the gases have started to build up and it's going to be pretty gross so like within eight hours you're not going to want to eat something that's been killed so i guess in this situation either they were really desperate or maybe they did something to preserve the body for a day or so that made him well consider it you know it edible in the first part of the show it was very cold i think um at least at night it was yeah so maybe that helped i mean you see their breath a lot so yeah all right uh, what was I saying? Uh, um, okay, so yeah, Danny, Danny's body gets eaten. All the people in Ju Young turn into zombies. Um, I think they call them monsters in the show. Yeah, they just refer to them as monsters. The monsters. That's the end of the second episode. That all that kind of goes down, right? Um, yes. Well, no, because um. Li Chang and um, Mu Yong, they they go to Ju Yong to find the doctor and ask him what happened to the king. They right. they want to know what happened, and um, the the medical journal's not complete, I guess. So they go there, and Sobi and um, oh my god, I have to keep looking at the names. Sobi and Yong Sin have been like keeping the zombies inside Ju Yong for days. Like, he's been making, like, bamboo spike traps and... Oh, right, right. And she's trying to figure out if she can make, like, a cure for the illness. and So they're both gone uh, when Li Chang and um, Mu Yong... Mu Yong. ...get there. And Mu Yong's really cool, too. He's... They're, I mean, they're all really good characters, but... Yeah. Um, Mu Yong is... He's pretty cool. He, he doesn't look like he would be in very good shape, but... He is. At least he's portrayed that way in the show. Yeah, and like fiercely loyal. Yeah. 
so they get there and they don't find anybody and they're like, why are all these traps here? And whatever. So they go in and they find like all the dead people are underneath like a, uh, like a platform. The foundation. Yeah. They're all kind of like, cause their, their foundations are built with like a, I think a bamboo, like lattice work type thing underneath of it. So they all have like a decent, uh, like two ish foot space, like a crawl space under there. <clears throat> For most of the, the most of the buildings, at least that um, they had in that town. Um, yes, yeah, they did have a lot of those. Um, but uh, yeah, so they find all the dead people underneath the what do we call it? The last crawl space, the, the, the crawl space, and so they go to Dongne and get like the who are essentially the police, and the police go up there and they haul all the dead people out and take them back to Dongne. And I guess there's, like, still some soldiers guarding that, and um, uh, Sin comes back with some more bamboo, and he's like, where are the dead people here? Where did you take them? And they're like, we took them to the city. And he's like, don't take them to the city. And he, I guess he runs to Dongne. Because um, that's what he does. He runs really fast. <laughs> he runs every... Oh, my God. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's a very fast runner, uh, and so he runs to Dongne, and... Um, yeah, let's see, what's his name? Uh, Cho Bompal. He's the magistrate of Dongne. He's one of the Cho clan people. Uh, a, mm. a nephew, I guess, of Cho Hakju. But he has, like, a surgeon and, like, some investigators, like, what happened to these people? Why are they all dead? Who killed them? And they're like, well, it was probably that guy that people have seen in the woods. Who's Yong Sin? And uh, we're not even to the third episode yet. We're getting there. No. We're, we're close. We're getting there. Cliff notes. Yeah. So Yongsin shows up there and he's like, you have to burn these people. Like at night they'll they'll come alive and they'll start biting other people and you have to burn them. And they're like, this man's crazy. He obviously killed them. So yeah. Um, yeah. They go to arrest him and he grabs a torch and tries to burn some of them. But essentially they arrest him and Sobi and put them in jail. And Lee Chang is... Oh, yeah, he, um, Cho Hakju sends his son, whose mm-hmm. name I, let me look at the list. It's not here. Um, but he sends his son basically to arrest Li Chang and bring him back to kill him, pretty much. He's, yeah. he's been convicted of treason, um, so he sends him there. They have a sword fight, which is pretty cool. And then, oh, inside a box is, I think it's Lee Sung-hee, his zombie. Um, and it attacks Cho Hak-ju's son. And, like, he stabs him, and it doesn't do anything. And then he turns into a monster. Uh, oh, uh, Cho Bom-il was his name. Hmm. And he attacks Li Chang in his monster form, and then Li Chang cuts his head off, and he's like, oh, cut the head off works. <sighs> yeah, the zombies do follow traditional zombie rules. They, yeah, except these are, like, 28 days later zombies. Like That's they, true. They sprint after people. Um, and you have to cut their head off. I think I mentioned years and years ago that that would be the worst kind of zombie, because they're fast, yeah. and you have to destroy the head. Or, 
sever the head or destroy the brain, however they say it in Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, in Dongnei, they're like, these people obviously did it, let's arrest them. And night falls on Dongnei, and the bodies start to get up from underneath their coconut matting that they were put under for the examination, and they start destroying the city. And that's yeah. where episode three starts. <laughs> episode three uh, kind of starts with like the main outbreak, because it's like there's a lot of people. It starts with a relatively small group of maybe fifty people ish, two hundred people maybe. Yeah, and however like, many were in Juyong besides yeah. Sobi and Yongsen. Yeah, and then it becomes just a. a fucking wave but then again this thing spreads incredibly fast like I, I mean i can't i've not seen every zombie movie out there thankfully um some of them are pretty good but like i can't think of another zombie movie where like this thing spreads that fast like i guess maybe 28 days later is close yeah Typically, it's close you get infected and within about a minute and a half to two minutes like you're done and what it doesn't matter even if it's not a fatal bite like in some zombie movies the infection it happens faster if you get like if you get a fatal bite um that causes you to bleed out then you change faster like that just makes sense um in zombie logic but this is like people get bit in the hand and within 30 seconds they're on the ground writhing and then they get up and they're crossed over um <laughs> yeah so it does not take long and they they really play with that that concept a lot and it gets really fucked up <laughs> a couple of times <laughs> they um so they some people do get eaten, I guess, like completely, like our, I guess, yeah, because like, yeah, I I don't know how that works. Like some of them do just get eaten and like don't become zombies. So yeah, even people who aren't like completely mutilated, like um, spoiler alert, there's multiple times where they cut back to the king um, who's being fed, being kept alive uh, by uh, Chuhakju, um, who is bringing people in and having them unsuspectingly get too close to the king and then get murdered. And he creepily stands there and watches them. Um, <laughs> yeah. With his, but like there's his, his evil eyes, <laughs> his creepy glare. Um, <laughs> but like, there's multiple times where like the king is like actively munching on someone who is still mostly in one piece. Um, but they're not changing over. So there must be some kind of rule there or it's well, just the writers wanted to be able to do whatever they wanted. Maybe they killed her first. I'm thinking maybe like if the person dies before they become infected, maybe they don't come back. Well, not knowing how much anyone has seen of this show and you should, if you, if you're listening to this, if you, if we haven't already spoiled, you know, the entire series for you, which we haven't, um, not quite. you should definitely go and watch it. Um, but we later on in the series we do find out a little bit more of what causes the infection, um, but we will we'll leave that up to you to find. Um, we'll focus on just the two episodes that we we watched for this this podcast. Yes. Um, but yeah, that is like it's also just a and we can put this at the beginning of the episode to be safe. But um, <clears throat> spoiler or not spoiler content warning. Um, there's some pretty rough moments in this with um, children getting mutilated. Um, most of it doesn't happen on camera, but it's heavily implied. So yeah. And keep we, that in mind. We do see some get killed by arrows. We do. Um, so there, like if you're 
overly empathetic if you're a new parent or if you're someone who struggles with um, like intrusive thoughts about like bad things that could happen to your family. Just keep that in mind. There are some pretty rough moments in this. Um, but yeah, it, it, like I forgot how how rough it was. Like there's that one point where a mother puts her daughter in a in a box and I'm like, oh, she's going to be safe. And then she just murders her other daughter. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Oh. So the little girl's safe, but she got to watch her mother murder her sister. Cool. I got it. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. <laughs> Ugh. Um, so there is that. Yes. Um, and there's some other parts, too, that are, are a little hard. Um, like, uh, while, while it's basically the third episode starts, like, it's night. The infection is spreading across Dongnae very quickly. Um, yeah, people are running through the streets and getting tackled and bitten and eaten. Um, uh, Chobo and Paul um, gets into the cells where Sobi and Young Sin are being kept, and like I, I don't know how their locks work, but like the keys, it's like a shiv, a shim of metal with like yeah. two different sized prongs on the end. Those are the keys. So they're really cool looking. Um, <clears throat> but he's like, open the jail cell. You know, they want to get in and lock themselves in so they'll be safe. Yeah. Um, and the guard doesn't get the first cell open quick enough. And so I think, yeah, they they grab the keys and they run back to the cell that Sobe's in. And they do get the door open and the guard shuts the door, but the guard gets bitten. Yeah. And he starts like twitching out and Sobi, who's just like really cool and like super in touch with this, every situation, like she grabs yeah. the guy's sword and then just holds it out in front of her and when he turns and charges them it goes right through his neck and kills yeah. him. And I I want to point out like I was saying they they kind of like they play around with this people turning really fast thing and like putting people in really awful situations and the two people in the cell next to them are attached by like a mobile uh stockade almost <laughs> like they're they're attached to each other by a long plank of wood which is awful um so it's like it's seated around each one of their necks and they can't like they can't get any closer or further away from each other and one of them gets bitten and turns so he's now a zombie locked to this other person who's trying to get away from him and trying to keep himself from getting pushed into the walls because there's zombies all around them trying to get into them and bite them and like that is probably the worst torture i could imagine that doesn't involve you being slowly cut up or like physically mutilated by another person like this is like the worst kind of psychological and just constant torture because you can't sleep you can't relax because <laughs> you have a physical thing that wants to murder you attached to you but can't get to you pushing you into all of the walls that are basically deaf and like it's just oh man it's such an awful fate and i think they leave him there like i don't think anyone saves that person yeah he's i don't just think there. anyone lets them out plus he's probably insane by by, by morning time um <laughs> and he might have also been a legitimate criminal <laughs> yeah um yeah so he's stuck i the there's something called a pillory it's kind of like that a little bit, um, but it's like a mobile pillory for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's what he was stuck in, unfortunately for him. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, and uh, so they spend the night in prison because that's the safest place. I think Young Sin managed to get out of prison or he managed to escape 
like before the monsters really uh, really got going um i don't remember how he gets out of the jail cell i know he gets out later by being let out um well, but that's yeah i don't yeah because like a guard runs out and he's like look after yourselves but yeah. i don't know when that was because when dong is first infected he's on like um i don't know what you would call it it's like a wall with a gate below it, but there's like a platform up above with a trap door beneath it. Um, and he's up there with like a bunch of survivors. Yeah. And, um, he, he's definitely locked in the jail cell uh, in episode four and isn't let out until about midway through episode four. I uh, definitely remember that. Yeah, because um, before Prince Lee Chang gets there, yeah, him and Sobi are there and they're like, it's this man's fault. He knew they were infected and he didn't tell anyone even though... That's exactly what he tried to do. Yeah. Yep. Because, uh, would you say his name was uh, Cho Bimpal? Cho Bimpal, Cho. yeah. Yeah. Um, he's just a fucking piece of shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's just, he's just spineless. Like, he's just a spineless wimp who will uh, say whatever he has to to save himself and, like, agree with anyone who is allying themselves with that goal for him and, like, basically just using him as a pawn. And he's just, like... Ugh. <laughs> he's just he's just kind of awful yep so also in the night um prince lee chang is running from the infected and uh muyong finds him and he's like your highness and he's shooting arrows at the undead and they're not really doing much but it does knock him into water and like kind of make trip him up a little bit and yeah they and a bunch of other townspeople run to the army barracks and uh, Chobon Paul's little psychophant is in there with the army, and like they don't let anybody in. Yeah, they're basically like, "Run, you know, run." That's all you'll save yourselves. Um, yeah, they're like they're so, <laughs> and they know what they're doing is wrong because they don't confront anyone who gets to the gate or you know, gets to the gate or gets to the wall at the barracks. Until they start to try to climb the walls. They just hide. Like, they're literally hiding. And then it's only when uh, um, Muyong tells um, the crown prince to climb the wall. He's like, climb the wall. Like, you you have to get over. Like, you have to live. Like, get over the wall. Climb it. And he gets, like, a quarter of the way up the wall that, you know, whatever that commander's name is, yells out. And is like, anyone who climbs the wall is going to be punished by death. And, like, uh, because... They're just a bunch of cowards. Yeah, and Mu Young um, tells him that it's the crown prince, but he's like, no, he's not. Yeah. Uh, so, that's what happens then. I'm pretty sure most of those people die who are trying to get uh, in there. Yeah, they all just kind of take off, but it's <clears throat> it's not great. No. I think probably 90%. And it's just the wave keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. and like That's how zombies work. It's so rough. It's a but I, uh, exponential growth <clears throat> yes just like adam zombie smasher yes <laughs> um but i just like i'd like to believe like there's that scene where um somebody is riding out of the town on horseback that's him i forget uh that's who it's not chombon pal he's in prison with sobi uh it's the it's his underling oh okay yeah like him he's and two like, guards are like whoa, whoa, whoa riding out yeah. of dong to the, they're to like get to the you know running for their lives on on horseback, and the fishermen like look up and they're like, "What's going on?" And then like someone's running after them, and they're like, they recognize them, so they like call out to them, and the person like is like has this weird like 
like just sort of gently turns as they're running. Like they don't even like run with a purpose. They just sort of like gently turn towards the sound and it's weird. And he doesn't respond to them. Like and they're a, like, That's like a weird. flock like, of birds evading a predator. <laughs> exactly. And then, <laughs> and then he falls flat on his fucking face and they're like, Oh, he's fucking drunk. And then they see like four or five other people behind him all running and making weird noises. And they still don't get on their boats. And the whole time I was like, get on your boat, get on your boat, get on your boat. <laughs> like none of them do. Yep. And I felt like, because turns out that they would have actually had some pretty decent safety had they done that yeah but um, the boat would have been almost perfectly safe yeah but they get fucking murdered by a wall of like 30 people who, well 30 zombies who just slam into them <laughs> Ugh. and that's i think that's right when uh the crown prince is coming up to those that same group of fishermen and then he realizes like what's going on and just like hoofs it because there's a, a group after him um but yeah it's it's rough and it's just a lot of death and a lot of just constant murder yes um um yes yeah, so that's basically oh uh there is a part where um young young sin he's up in his perch over the gate and um, a woman with a, an infant on her oh. back is running through the streets and there's a, a monster chasing them. And you see like a pike just like swing down and stab it through the head. And it's him and him and like a bunch of the other people on there, like they reach their hands down and try to pull her up. Uh, but zombies like get to her feet before she quite gets up the whole way. And like some guy yells out, like, save the baby, you know, and yeah. I mean, you know, she got bitten. There's really nothing else you can do. And they saved the baby. Thank well, God. the thing is, like, he's the only one trying to save her at first. And, like, I, really, period. Um, like, the other people are, are, like, you know, they're kind of just dancing around him. They're not really helping him. And then they're, like, like just let her go. Like, you're never going to save her. Let her go. And he's, like, he's trying to pull, like, say, 110 pounds of dead weight straight up. And he's already leaned over the banister and he's like doing his best. And yeah. So she doesn't actually get bit right away. Um, but yeah, it is just, it's kind of frustrating that like nobody helps him, but they do save the baby. And then she unfortunately falls to her death. Um, yeah. I don't right think around... she comes back. I think she gets no, up. I don't think we see her again. Um, and it's right around this point that there's a mother, that multiple things happen. Like there's, um, <clears throat> there's one point where uh, a middle age ish son is, like saying something to his father, like, you know, have a good night or whatever. And his father's like bedridden and he goes to leave his little hut and then immediately gets knocked back under the curtain. And like, you see him like writhing around and getting bit. And the father's like, what's wrong? Like what's, what's going on? And then he stops moving and then he wakes up and attacks his father. And like things, things like that are constantly happening. Like they, they really don't shy away from like what this would be like. And it's awful, like up to, and including the one that I mentioned before, like the mother who puts her like, three-year-old four-year-old daughter uh, she was into like a wooden... seven or eight i think okay i have a hard time judging children's age because my son is so incredibly <laughs> massive um yeah but she puts her in like a, a dying light style straw chest yeah in the hopes of keeping her safe and she's like stay in here like stay quiet and you realize that she's bit she's got a, a wound on her shoulder and then as soon as she puts her in there the little girl's kind of peeking out over the edge and she starts to like writhe and twitch and turns towards the chest but before she can go over to it and like open it up and potentially eat her daughter her other older daughter comes in and she's like mother what's wrong and like 
then she just murders her other child. And like, I was expecting like something to happen. Like I was expecting her to like be saved. Cause like you don't kill children in media very often. Um, but no, I don't place did it. (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, and about the same way too, because we don't actually see that really happen. In yeah, too much it's, detail. You, you see just like a flash of it, and yeah. So yeah, that was. And then those freaking idiots had another freaking baby. So I don't mean <laughs> to keep going back to a quiet place, but come on. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe they just couldn't find any contraception. Then the, guess what? You don't get to have sex. <laughs> Jeez. It's, I mean, yeah. Anyway. I don't, it's probably one of the biggest plot holes of that movie. Like, why would you do that? It's only there to add tension later on. But, uh, yeah, so that's basically what's going on that night. And then day comes, Prince Lee Chang and Mu Young get back there. And um, uh, Young Sin has been arrested, even though he was the only one doing anything. Uh and there's a stupid argument about how they can't they can't burn the bodies of the nobles they can like they're not willing to do that they'll bury them and he was like then they'll just come right back out at nightfall yeah and they're like then we'll bury them really deep down but you know we'll burn the villagers and like it's just this really they they really hammer home the whole class difference thing in this show um which i mean to be fair was a a pretty big part of their culture yeah Um, well uh, any culture really well Um, well, most of them but they, yeah, they said, um, yeah, like they'll burn the bodies, and the woman's like, "You will not burn my son. He was a nobleman," and he's like, "Well, what do we do?" And his his psychophant guy is like, "All the ones that have like bad clothes will burn, and then all the ones that are in silks will bury." And it's like, yeah. okay. And then Li Chang is like, "You can't. You have to burn them all." And they're like, "Who are you?" And he pulls out his. I guess the equivalent of his driver's license. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a jade pendant with like a gold weave, yeah. like braid at the top, but it has his name written on it. And the guy's like, "Oh shit, it's really the crown prince!" And yeah, Cho Bone Paul is like, "Everyone, get that, get on your knees! It's the crown prince!" And so they do. Um, and he's like, "Listen, this is what we're doing. Sorry about your luck." Um, and he tells the governor. And um, what's his face? Well, I don't. I don't. His underling. He's like, mm. you will find all the infected, burn them, and you're gonna do this and that. And they're like, yes. the The crown prince has spoken, and we will make his will happen. Yeah. Uh. And basically, like, I think they tried to do some of that stuff, but there were just too many dead. Um, to find them all and. That episode ends, like, there is one working boat now in the harbor. I guess the rest burned. Yeah. <laughs> Squeeze me. Um, and, uh, uh, Chobo and Paul, his underling, and, like, a bunch of the other nobility, they basically mm-hmm. take the last boat and leave everybody, including Prince Li Chang and Mu Young. Well, they don't care about Mu Young, but, uh, they leave everybody there at the docks on Dongne and sail away to Sangju, I think. Uh, something like that. And the noble woman who was saying that she wouldn't allow her son to be buried or burned, or wouldn't allow him to be burned, has decided, unbeknownst to anyone else, that I, 
maybe she had somebody's help. She's not, she's an elderly woman and probably doesn't look like she's that strong. Um, <laughs> she put her son's remains into a large wooden chest and brought it onto the boat with her because, you know, that's the thing you do. Yep. Um, I mean, grief is a terrible thing and I, I don't pretend to imagine what it's like to go through something like that, but I just, nobody asked a question. Like nobody asked her like, Hey, why are you bringing that giant chest on board with us? <laughs> there's blood leaking um, out of it. Yeah. There's growling and snarling noises. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so basically they listen to uh, the crown prince's order and then do the exact opposite of what he said. Yep. Um, <laughs> they all just completely run away, save themselves. Um, but I just, I fucking love that when he's first walking up and he's telling them what they need to do. And they're like, who are you? And he just hauls off and punches that guy in the face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he falls backwards. And as soon as he does, uh, Mu Young steps out and draws his blade and just like puts everyone else in their place immediately. Yep. That's super fucking cool. Yeah, Muyong um, is cool. <laughs> so yeah, there. And this is the point that you said. Um, what's the the tiger guard's name? What is he? Uh, the the foot soldier. Chaku soldier. Uh, Yongsen. Chaku. That's right. Yongsen. Um, he's in jail at this point. They've they've arrested him and put him in jail. And this is the point where he hears guards running towards the docks and like, like, hurry, hurry, they're going to leave us behind. And then he yells out to a guard, like, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, what's happening out there? And the guard like runs back for half a second to throw him the keys and says like, look after yourself. And then goes running to the docks because most of the guards went, but not all of them, because when they pan out to the shot where everyone's on the dock, like screaming for them to come back and save them, there's a couple of guards there too. So they, they have no honor among any of them. They just, you know, they just go to save themselves. Yep. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, chosen. Um, so, that basically ends episode three. Uh, the boat's sailing away. Lee Chang gets there and he's like, those turds. Mm -hmm. And then we get to episode four. And I think very close to the beginning of episode four. Uh, oh, no, no, it's not. Never mind. I thought that it was, but it doesn't matter. Um, but they're formulating a plan of what they're going to do and how they're going to protect themselves because there's no way they can get all the bodies drug out and burned in time. There's no way they can fortify their position. So they decide to go back to uh, the town where it all started. Because Sobi says that it was adequate to keep the zombies in. So she assumes that it will be fortify. They can fortify it to keep the zombies out. Um, so they decide to go back. Which I guess is like this would make a half a day's game. They really, really would. You know, the mad um, dash up the mountain. and Oh my god. Um, for some reason, I imagine it's a PS2 game. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, like like <clears throat> Dynasty Warriors style, maybe. <laughs> yeah, or uh, um, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking of another game. I can't remember it. Um, but yeah, like so. There, I guess the the town, and I can't remember what it's called. The town where the physician took the body, and they um, ended up getting infected for the first time. Um, I guess it's like a day away or half a day away because it takes them a while to get there. It does. And the sun's almost down at that point. Um, yeah, I think they're it, like, well, I think it takes them about an hour to get there. I don't it's, think it's that I mean, far I'm, out of the city. 
It's not, yeah, it's definitely not close, but it's not too far. And they're, they're on their way and they get about, uh, what seems to be like 10 to 15 minutes away. It's hard to judge time, but they're within like half an hour of their destination and they start seeing zombies hidden in the cracks in, uh, all the large boulders and the, the, um, (laughs) yeah, they're just like like stuffed in every crevice. Yeah. Like everywhere that they could get to, to get away from the sunlight. Um, they're just stuffed everywhere and like, they're seeing them as they're getting close. Um, and they're realizing the sun's setting and they're about to be overwhelmed. So they're just like, run. (laughs) And they do. Um, and, uh, young sin grabs a kid and sprints up the hill. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, okay yeah so he sprints up the hill with a kid like uh, all the people that were walking uh are now running up the hill towards ju young um yeah and like this is where it gets, i i've never seen a scene that made me more anxious and <sighs> yeah scared uh but uh the the elderly and the infirm uh, are on carts, so uh, Prince Li Chang he runs back to help them. Like he grabs the reins of a horse and he starts running, and the horse starts running with him. And Young Sin, I think he sprints back down the hill after he drops the kid off in Zhongnei. Or, uh, well, he gets up there and the two carriages are are well behind him cuz he like, when you say he sprints, he is fucking like marathon <laughs> level sprinting. Like he is an athlete. It's incredible. Yep. Um that actor must have been in absolutely amazing shape cuz he is like full on sprinting and I'm, I'm <laughs> in awe of his physical prowess. Um but yeah, he sprints to the top of the hill, puts the kid down and then turns around and waits a few seconds and one of the carriages comes up, but not the other one, the one with the prince. So he goes sprinting back down the hill to help them, um, and when he gets down there, finds that the carriage has gotten stuck in a rut in the side of the road, and they're all desperately trying to pick this up and get it out of the way. Um, and uh, it takes him a, a good while, and within the middle of this process, the sun is gone down enough that the zombies start to twitch, and they start yeah. coming back. Um, and then they're realizing that like, this is pretty fucking serious. Um, and I think they get the cart out as soon as the zombies start, like, actually physically getting up. Well, and then they're able to start moving again. Mu Yang is like, Prince, you know, your highness, you have to get out of here. You have to run. Yeah. And he's like, no, I will not leave these people here to die. I'm not like the Cho clan. Yeah. I'm different. I will not leave someone here to die. And so him, the tiger soldier, another regular soldier that's with them, and Mu Yang, they grab the cart and just heave it out of the hole. Yeah, and then start loading up the old folks on it again, and yeah, like, like you said, just as they get the last of the old folks in, Yang Sin grabs the reins and he starts running with the horse, and like they start sprinting after that carriage. Yeah, I, and I think the the prince and Mu Yang are both on the back of the cart, pushing it forward to take some of the weight off. And like, I never thought about carts as being that heavy before, but like, the wagon wheels are or the, the wheels of the cart are reinforced with, uh, I guess, iron. Um, the cart itself is reinforced with iron, with iron pins, and they're using really heavy lumber. So, like, and if it's not treated, which it probably was, but it probably wasn't treated so well that it wasn't absorbing at least some moisture. So, like, it probably was a good three or 400 pounds. Um, 
if not more, depending on uh, the size of it and everything. So I never really thought about like it being that heavy, but like, yeah, it probably would have been pretty fucking hard to move. Yeah. Um, and it was a pretty deep rut that they're in. So and yeah, I guess that's... like, even if you're pushing on it, like that takes some weight off the horse, you know, a little, yeah. So it can do a little extra moving. But yeah, it was still very unfair to that horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, uh, they're hoofing it. And uh, like zombies are super close behind them and they realize that like they're not they're not making it without fight so they draw swords and start getting ready to defend themselves yeah Yongsin is running alongside the horse running alongside the horse uh, <laughs> holding the reins and he's like there's a monster up ahead and they're like a monster comes stumbling down the hills and yeah. he leads the horse like makes it smash its chest into the monster and kills it and um, the soldier has a rifle, uh, and the other monster that's running down the hill, he like, I think he does manage to shoot it, but it's like in the chest and it just doesn't stop it. And it slams right into that soldier, knocks him down. And Youngson, I think he was, might've been running back there to try and help the guy. But like, as soon as he got there, like the f- front of the horde of zombies got there and they just yeah. fell on him. So he grabs the rifle, sprints. <laughs> Back to the cart, <laughs> and then jumps up on the cart and starts loading the rifle and getting ready to shoot some monsters. Yeah, and this is like you have some inkling here and there uh, through the previous episodes and, and through the one we just talked about. But like, this is where you start to realize that there's something off about this guy. Like, he's in incredibly good shape. He seems to have like really, really good uh, sense of his surroundings, and like he's got just his. Uh, tactical awareness i guess it seems really high <laughs> and he is really really fucking good with that rifle yes, and like is. this is when like even even given like the intensity of the scene i was still like wow he's really fucking good like wait a second like <laughs> he shouldn't be that good if he was just like a generic like you know nomad or whatever they the you know whatever sense i kind of got of him earlier which was that he was like maybe a deserter or something um but yeah he is he's like hitting them between the eyes from, I mean, not that far away, but they are on a cart and he's super <laughs> fucking tired. And like that rifle is probably not the most accurate thing in the world. And it's probably really fucking heavy. So like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um for those of you who haven't seen it yet or have seen it and maybe don't know that rifle is actually called a matchlock. Matchlock. Yep. It, it Are those the ones that they don't have like a, a like a, a flint or any other kind of, uh, system makes sparks. That's something that almost has like a fuse and then it has a flash pan and the fuse just lights stuff in the flash pan. So it's a little bit more idiot proof than using something that'll make a spark. Um, well, it was actually a, the, they had match locks before they had flint locks. Flint okay, locks okay. were easier to use and to maintain. Um, and you didn't have to care. Uh, the fuse on a match lock is called a match. Okay. That's why that it's called sense. a match lock. Um, <laughs> yep. So you the matchlock would have a very 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 slow burning fuse. Yeah. Called a match. And it would just sit there in the lock, you know, and just smoldering and then when you squeeze the trigger it would go down into the gunpowder and make the gun go off. Uh that's why you see like a lot of times um like they're sitting around a fire and they hear a scream and Young Sin like he grabs like a uh, um, like an ember or a stick out of the fire and you see him put mm-hmm. it to the gun real quick 
he's lighting the match. So it's yeah, ready to go. And, and I've definitely seen, um, I know I've seen it in uh, live action movies, but there's a very particular scene in Pocahontas, actually, where I think John yep. Smith is lining up a shot and he <laughs> blows on it to make sure that it's like lit and very hot before he takes a shot. Yeah. Um, so like, that's the one thing that I thought of as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense now. Um, but it, it also makes sense that flintlocks would be a little easier to maintain because, um, you're talking about something that could potentially be snuffed out or just maybe not light if it wasn't hot enough, um, versus something that is a, a, a stationary object that doesn't need to be lit beforehand. So I can see there being some pros to a flintlock versus a matchlock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like flintlocks, you didn't have to keep lit. They could make its own sparks. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, and they, he also carries um, like a little. It almost looks like a corkscrew or like a like the spiral shell of like a sea snail, but it's got yeah. a, it's got a match wrapped around it, and so you can leave that one burning. And I, I don't know what you keep it in, like maybe like a metal cylinder or something. But you can keep that with you, and it you know use that to light the match on your rifle if you want. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he's shooting monsters. Um, the first cart shows up at, uh, what's it called? Oh, I don't remember. God. I'm so bad with names anyway. Uh, like Jillian is how I'll say it, I guess. Yeah. Shows up there and, and Sobey's like, where's the other cart? And he's like, I don't know. And it goes in and actually knocks the gate off. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they planned to do that, but they did it because uh, it almost falls on the guard that's running in. Yeah, I don't think it was planned. <laughs> I don't think so. Because uh, the doors definitely look a little bit. They look like set doors. They look like they're made to look heavy, but they're not at all. Yeah. 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 It kind of. But I mean, heavy enough. But yeah. So uh, Lee Chang and his crew are running up the hill and they finally come within sight of Ji Yoon. And the guys, they you know, lift the door back up and are hammering the, the pin in the bottom to make sure it stays. Yeah. And um, there's a, a really uh, motivated zombie pushing his way towards the cart. Um, and Yong Sin goes to shoot him and it misfires. The yeah. rifle misfires. And just as it gets close to the crown prince, uh, Mu Yong you know, draws his... It's not a katana, but it does look similar to a katana yeah it's more more of like a chinese like long sword but it's curved in a vague shape of a katana but it's it's a korean weapon but i don't i don't know what it's called i'm sure it yeah. has a precise name um and he he cuts off the zombie's head and i remember you being angry you thought he might die there and <laughs> I was, yeah, I was texting you in real time because you told me that the episode was intense and I was watching it and it's the only time in my life that I can ever say truly and with 100% honesty that I was on the edge of my fucking seat because I was and I was texting uh, Max in real time going like, oh my God, this is so intense. Oh my God, I hope this person's okay. Oh my God. And then like it got to the point where he jumps at the zombie like because he doesn't just like draw his sword and swipe. He actually full on jumps and like yeah, he makes, like, hits the zombie and... like. Yeah, he like jumps bodily across to protect the prince and hits the zombie and then ends up like sprawled on the ground and rolls and recovers himself really quick. But he's still like he's a step behind him. And I was like, I texted Max and I was like, oh, my God, if Mu Young dies, I'm going to be so fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking intense. But he doesn't. 
And as he's sprinting towards the gate at Julian, he's like, close the gate, close the gate. And just as he, like, they start closing it just as he manages to cross the threshold and yeah. they slam the gate shut and zombies are all smashing into it. Um, yeah. And then the rest of the episode kind of goes, there's a little bit more action and then it, there's kind of some politics going back uh, in... Uh, Wherever Chohakchu is with the king. I forget what mm-hmm. that city's called. Uh, yeah. Um, and then a squadron of guards come to arrest the prince. And instead of... <laughs> I mean, I guess they're they're just there to mainly murder him or bring him back alive if they can. Um, but yeah, they, they're basically like, come out, like surrender yourself and come out. And when they don't respond fast enough, they just start raining arrows down on everyone. Yep. Because that's how you handle things. I guess some of the people that Lee Chang saved um, survived that, but a lot of them get yeah. killed by arrows. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool because like, they, they do a couple barrages of arrows and then they break the gate down and go in. And it's like really smoky inside because they launch fire arrows too. And like they're they're all kind of like creeping forward, and then you hear like the gunshot, and one of them falls down, and the other guys are like rifle, yeah, yeah and they get behind like a corner, yeah. So Young Sin takes a couple of them out, and then Sobi I think manages. Well, she hits one in the head with a shovel, I think. Uh, yeah, and he's right on it too. Like he pulls out, <laughs> he has like a a little homemade knife. It looks like yeah, it's um, like a, which I'm sure works like perfectly for him. Yeah, and he like leaps like without wasting any time, leaps on the one guard and murders him and then before the other before the other guards even really recovered, he stands back up from getting hit in the head with Sobi and he just whips that knife into the back of his head. Yep. It's super like super efficient and super brutal. Um but yeah, it's <laughs> it's a really cool scene. What the hell? I'm looking at a picture like of them filming some parts of the show. And like Sobi, like oh yeah, she like is just running out to see where Prince Li Cheng's cart is, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I see a microphone boom and a camera. So, I mean that makes sense, but like these other two guys are holding like these giant sheets of like what looks like drop ceiling tiles, and I'm not sure what uh, they're for. <laughs> uh, it, I I know this actually. It's really? probably lighting. Um, they're probably using them to diffuse a light source so that it's not blasting right onto a character, ah. but they're able to give a, a soft white effect. Um, I That's about as much as I can explain because I don't understand it that well. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so. <clears throat> um, Mu Young ends up getting a hold of one of these, like the guards that came to arrest Li Chang. He gets one of their whistles. It, it looks yeah. like like a kid's like toy whistle that it's like wee wee you know you can like <laughs> like a slide whistle yeah like a, it looks like a trombone you know kind of <laughs> um, but he they get outside and he's like weep weep and like I guess depending on how you make those whistles it indicates like a direction where people should be going yeah um, so him and Lee Chang lead them on a merry chase through the woods and kill a couple more of them I think yeah. Um, but Li Chang, Mo Young, Sobi, and Yongsin leave Dongne, and I think they're going to the south 
to find Lord on Hewn, um, who is also really cool. Yeah, because they want to know more about the disease and how they might be able to cure it. Well, no. Um, well, that's I, Sobe's mission, I guess. I, yeah, yeah, Sobe's on a constant mission to try and find this the, the plant that the doctor told mm. her about. Um, but I think Prince Chang is going that way because he needs Lord Anhyun's help to fight against Chohakju. And I think at that point, they don't realize that Lord Anhyun actually has some experience fighting these zombies. That's right. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's just going out. there because he was kind of like a childhood mentor for Li Chang. Yeah. Um, and he also wields quite a bit of power, apparently. Uh, apparently. Um, um, yeah, there is one thing that uh, we skipped over that isn't super important, but it, if you want to continue watching the show, it's interesting. Um, at the, I think, beginning or middle of the, the third episode, whenever um, uh, the Crown Prince and Mu Young are trying to evade the zombies, they run to the like the tip of a uh, a mountain that overlooks a pretty deep river and they just leap off of it because they have nowhere else to go uh, um yeah and all the zombies seem to just fucking sink like <laughs> and then none of the other zombies follow them they all just stand there like at the the tip of this this over uh, this rocky outcropping that that overlooks this mountain or this o- overlooks the stream and they're just kind of like staring at them watching them um not going any further and they make a note of it uh, that it seems weird that they're not advancing because um, some of them did when they were in the heat of the chase, but the rest of the main mob just stays behind. Yeah, um, which is important later. It is very much so, but we're not going to tell you why. They have rabies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's yeah, that's true. Uh, rabies afflicted things are scared of water, which is weird it's, it's such really a weird, weird symptom of a disease it is but... and it's so weird that like it's across multiple species like it's just it like i don't know that's such a weird I, I guess it's just a weird side effect and it's not like an intention like when i was a kid i thought that like rabies was intelligent enough to make you like like dehydrated and like that would like somehow worsen the symptoms and that would be something that rabies wanted but like when, i don't know it doesn't it's just a weird side effect that just seems to happen to just about any species that contracts it it's just so fucking weird yeah yeah it is very strange um let's see if this saved correctly yes so yes it did all right so Good. uh <clears throat> that's kind of the end of it following lee chang and his gang uh for that episode mm-hmm uh, and then, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, Chohakju finds out. Well, his head is deli- his son's head is delivered to him in a box. Yes, and we we see that we see the aftermath of that scene with the person who presumably delivered his son's head to him impaled with a sword <laughs> yep. on the floor. Don't shoot the messenger. It's not his fault. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's like, I'm going to kill that son of a bitch, even though I sent my son to kill him. And he yeah. was just defending himself. I'm going to get him. And then he... Oh, I think also at the end of this episode, there's there's like um, like a, a like a, an advisement like a royal advising council. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like Cho Hakju hasn't let them see the king for a long time. And some guy raises a concern. He's like, we haven't seen the king. How do we know he's okay? Like, we don't maybe really believe Lord Cho Hakju anymore. And so they're going to see the king. And of course, Cho Hakju is standing there because he just knows everything. And he's like, you want to see the king? Let's go see him. It has been too long. And the queen steps out and she's like, no, you can't go in there. I'm taking care of him. And like this is where Cho Hakju kind of reveals himself to everyone else. He's like, he tells her, the queen, to stand aside. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you just talk to her like that? <laughs> and she does. Uh, and they go in there to see the king. And they're all bowing. They're like, you know, bless you, Lord. May you live a long life. And they all kneel and bow. Right? Well, yeah, like get on their knees and like, you know, like put their foreheads on the floor. Yeah. Um, and then you can hear like chains clinking and they start to smell something very bad. Yeah. And one of them looks up and the king's like rotten face is like two inches from his and he's like, I'm going to eat you. And they're all like, oh my God. And Cho Hak Chu's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is our king. Is he not our king still? You know, he lives. Would you say he's not king of Josen? Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh my God, he's still a king. And let's get rid of this one guy who thought maybe he wasn't. And that's it. Well, uh, he's the one who originally tipped off uh, the crown prince that something might be going on. Um, oh. So they consider him to be a traitor. Um, his and then they murder him. Here. Um, well, I don't think they killed Kim Soon. He's. They, the guy isn't he strapped about. up to be tortured? Well, he's strapped I mean, up to be tortured and he's sentenced to death, but I'm pretty sure somewhere later on the show he's like released. Something like that. He hadn't been um, killed yet. But yeah, in that in that moment he's the reveals him to be a traitor and everyone's like, Oh, let's just overlook the fact that the king's a zombie and that you've been hiding it from us because this guy's a traitor. <laughs> like, let's focus on that. But yeah, it's like the whole thing is just fucking weird and like he says it with such confidence that like, it sounds like for a second, maybe you, you think that like, this is some kind of philosophical quandary, but like the person's dead. And when he dies, the, uh, responsibility of ruling the country would then go to his heir, which would be the crown prince. Like, this isn't, this isn't a debate. Like he's not alive. So him being like, you know, wouldn't you say that he's alive? Like he's moving. Like, is he not still the king? Like, no, he's not still the king. He's not fit to rule. He's out of his fucking mind. He's murdering people. <laughs> he's eating them. <laughs> he can clearly not give orders. Like, so I don't know. Like he says it with such confidence that like they'd be like, oh yeah, you're right. Like oh, this is this is a pickle here. But like, no, <laughs> this is just you very obviously using a a really terrible uh, logic puzzle to try to confuse people so that you can maintain power. Well, I mean, I, the, well the way a kingship works, like. History tells us one thing, like if you're not elected king, but born into being a king Mm. or an emperor, well, I guess Romans did elect their emperors, but if you make it that far, it kind of doesn't matter what happens to you after that. Like if you go insane and decide to have like orgies and mass killings and stuff, well. Or murder your wives for not giving you sons. Yes. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, check, check, uh, our, our chat channel. Mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I might get one or more of those tattooed on me somewhere. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so... Cho, like, he basically shows them the king is still alive, even though he technically is not. And he's basically just trying to keep it that way until his daughter, the queen, gives birth to a child, which should be a son, because if it's not, then they don't inherit the throne. And it's kind of... Yeah, and he's like putting a crazy amount of pressure on her. He's like, as long as you do your job and give me a son. And she's like, don't worry, it will be. Well, fuck her too. Jesus, fuck. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> well, yeah, she's got a secret <laughs> of her own. She's just as awful as he is. Yeah, she's an ass face too, so whatever. <clears throat> All the Cho's are. The Cho clan. Um, but yeah, it is. Uh, those are two really, really fantastic episodes of a fantastic show that really doesn't have a bad episode. Um, no. It's just a good show through and through. Highly recommend it. Um, we were trying to do something uh, fun that both uh, Max and I knew pretty well and that we enjoyed so that, you know, we could, um, Kitty could do her own thing tonight. Um, and we were able to talk about something cool um so are we gonna do our like are we gonna give an overall rating or like are we still doing that part of it it's weird this is the first time we've done a show how are we handling this well i i say how about not just those two let's just rate the show in its entirety okay Okay, that's fair um i mean i already know what i'm gonna give it uh yeah so yeah, like as Victor said, that was episodes three and four, and we are not really going to tell you any more about it. It is totally worth watching. It's it's one of the best shows Netflix has ever made. Well, I technically it's a mini series. I I would I mean it's what six one hour episodes per season. Yeah, and I think also technically I don't know that they they probably helped produce it or they may have purchased producing rights whenever another producer pulled out of it. But a lot of these Netflix just throws their name on it. Um, after they've paid for like some, they foot the bill for some of it. Basically they don't oh, um, always, I, what movie was I just reading that about? Like it, it was kind uh, of already, Oh, the silence, I think. Cause like it was kind oh. of already made and like Netflix just acquired the distribution rights to it. Yeah, and they just kind of throw their name on it and call it like a Netflix original, but like it's not really a Netflix original. Like they didn't like build it from the ground up like some of their like uh like the Hitman's Bodyguard or uh whatever one of the other ones they done done but, recently. Uh, well, uh Extraction I think was Yes. Like that was another filmed one. in a Netflix Wait, do you mean did Netflix like make that one or did they just acquire it? I'm pretty sure they did build that one from the ground up. Okay, I think they did too. And I'm pretty sure they did Kingdom as well. Like they okay. they paid for it and they, they well that's cool considering that it's it's um uh it's <laughs> not like a all American cast or anything like that I appreciate that uh, they it is a certainly one hundred percent Korean cast <laughs> well yeah <laughs> which <laughs> like I I thought in my head that that's a little racist like they don't have anybody else but it is basically a period piece yeah that's that who sense. lived in Korea. <laughs> It was Koreans, uh, so... Except they do have some samurai. <laughs> well, yes, they do. We don't, don't really get to meet them, but that's a fucking cool episode, too. Uh, we, we won't ruin that for you. And it's only, um, like, like, two minutes of it, too. But it's so fucking ah, cool. It's so, so cool. fucking cool. Uh, but I bet <laughs> the Koreans back then didn't think it was that cool. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, But, yeah, uh, okay, so... um. What do we start with? Is it just... We give an overall rating? Is that what we start with? Uh, I'm so bad at this. I don't... I don't know. Kitty's not here. We can do whatever the fuck we want. I th- yeah. Oh, let's 
let, let's do our scary rating first. Ooh. Because that seems okay. like the scariness of the movie is a part of the overall movie. So I think yes. it makes more sense we do that one first. Scary okay. rating and then our overall. Because that includes everything else besides the okay. horror, horror rating. Uh, well, Max, you picked this, this, uh, these episodes of the show. So what is your, what is your horror rating of this, this, um, episode? Wait. Oh my God. It's been so long since we've done this. My. What was the scariest part for you? Oh yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, did we, did we introduce ourselves? Like we, I mean, we said this is Max and Victor, but did we say we're hounds of horror? No, we assume that people would know that because we're just that egotistical at this point. Okay. Well, we are hounds of horror. I, I might cut this and just put it at the beginning. But we are hounds but of leave horror. leave that in, Yeah, too. I'm going to leave that in. And this. Um, <laughs> we are hounds of horror. And uh, you can reach us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite episode of Kingdom was. And if you haven't watched it, then I don't know. I don't care to talk to you. So don't fucking email us. If you haven't, we'll watch it. Watch it before you listen to this episode, and there we go. Now we covered our spoilers because <laughs> um, we will spoil some stuff for this episode. So Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Soze. Just so everybody <laughs> knows. Um, so my uh, the scariest part in this was um, <laughs> well, the scariest part for me and the part where I would have died was the sprint up the hill with the last oh. cart. Where Lee Chang, Mu Young, Youngson, and like the old, the oldsters in the cart are making a mad dash for Ju Young. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> Youngson sprinted up the hill with a child in his arms, sprinted back down the hill, helped them lift a cart out of a hole, grabbed the horse's reins, and sprinted alongside the horse for probably a quarter of a mile or more. <sighs> Sprinted back to get the rifle and then sprinted back faster than the horse to get on the back of the cart to shoot the rifle. Like, my heart, like, I would have been like, just, you guys go, like, get up the hill. I'll be all right. Like, don't worry about me. I'll climb a tree or something. <laughs> yeah, I think that I probably would have thrown my back out trying to help lift the cart. <laughs> they would have been like, a, and I would have been like, oh no, and fallen over. And then they would have had to pick me up and put me in the cart. <laughs> like, sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I just had a vision of one of us, like, you know, they're, um, <laughs> like Li Chang and Mu Yang are like doing their yelling thing, pushing the cart from behind, and like there's me or you like hanging onto the bottom of the cart, getting drug along the ground, like ah, because <laughs> your back's yeah. out and you can't get up and you can't let go. So, <laughs> <coughs> um, yes. Yeah, so that's that was my scariest part. Uh, yeah. Um. So for me, uh, I think the scariest part, because I mean, that is for sure fucking terrifying. Um, but for me, the scariest part, um, is just the idea that there's like this magical weird connection between, uh, sunup and sundown. Like, it's just this really weird, uncomfortable connection where like these things just become dead bodies during the day and then they just come alive at night and like trying to explain that to somebody when you have a bunch of dead bodies that you can't do anything to prove your point about <laughs> and they won't believe you. And like, you know that everyone's going to get murdered. Like that would be a horrifying feeling. Like, you know, questioning your entire grip on reality and the world, because now like magic and curses and monsters exist. And like trying to explain that to somebody 
before the sun goes down so that they believe you and work just as hard as you do to protect yourselves and everyone else would be truly just fucking awful. Yes. Well said. Um, <laughs> my least favorite part. Um, I, I can't pick one. I can uh, pick one. Oh, I know what you would say, but you can't say it. Why can't I say it? Well, because because it's it's later, and we have to let that be a surprise for them. All right, fine. I know. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's actually, fine. I can pick one too, but it's okay. it's not that, but it's also later. So, <laughs> um, I do have a least favorite part, but it doesn't. It's not necessarily a part that I thought was like bad or didn't. It's just a part that made me sad and uncomfortable. Mm. So, favorite part. Um, favorite part. I just, I really love how how badass Mu Young is while also doing his best to protect the prince. Like, he's he's really takes his job seriously and he's just trying to do his best. Yeah, I mean, he's paid to be his bodyguard, but I think he really does also, like, care personally about the crown prince. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, who's he paid by? Because the government that is presumably paying him is now actively trying to frame the prince and call him an outcast and murder him. Well, I, I guess that's the thing with uh, Mu Young is, like, he knows there's nothing else he can do. Like, if the prince is now outlawed, well... No, you saw the rest of the show. You know it's a little I different. Did. So I do know it's a little different. But even uh, if it wasn't point... a little different, um, like you know, Cho Hakshu doesn't give a shit about um, Lee Chang's bodyguard. You know, um, so his best chance of survival too would still be to be with the prince. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my horror rating. Did you give it a favorite part? Oh. I don't know. Did you? Oh, I yeah. Did. Yeah. Well, young. Um, we just talked about it. I also think we just got out of order here, too, a little bit. We did, uh, but it's okay. Yeah, it is okay. Uh, <laughs> my favorite part is, um, I mean, it's a really great show, the zombies and everything, but my favorite part is just the way that Korean history, everything, every single facet of the show visually is just pleasing to me. Um, their buildings are just so freaking cool. Their clothes are awesome. Their weapons are awesome. Um, just, you know, the way, the way they're just discussing things with each other and the food and <clears throat> the atmosphere and everything. It's just stunning for me. So, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, so I recommend it just for that part too. If you just like, like their boots, their boots have those little upturned toes. And I'm like, I want a set of those boots. <laughs> so cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, my horror rating for this will be a 10 out of 10. Um, my horror rating will also be a 10 out of 10. Um, there is definitely a lot here that is just fucked up and awful and terrifying, and it's probably one of, like I said, the best zombie shows that I've seen in the past, easily the past five years. Yeah. It's just really good, really engaging, and it, they found a way to 
squeeze something fresh and interesting out of kind of an oversaturated genre. Yes. And it is masterfully written and masterfully performed. So uh, my overall rating will also be a 10 out of 10. (laughs) And just, it's just, it's fantastic. Like every single part of this show is something I enjoyed. So, I mean, there's, there's parts that are awful, you know what I mean? Like, like terrible to, to witness. Yes. Um, and as much as I maybe like in my head, I'm like, oh God, like that's awful. It's still contributing to a perfect show. So yeah, just says, um, (laughs) uh, I will also, uh, for overall rating is what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. Um, 10 out of 10. I just, I really enjoyed this show. I just, I like it. It's a lot of fun to watch. And I remember, like this is one of the last shows I think I really wanted to binge. Um, like I wanted to know what happened, and I really I was willing to sacrifice sleep in order to watch the next episode. Like yes. that doesn't happen to me a lot anymore <laughs> with shows, unfortunately. Um, and I just really enjoy it. Yeah, it was it was just so good, and they're they're now we're not including a Shin of the North with this. I it was okay. Um, it wasn't it wasn't really uh, on par with what they did with the show, but. Um, the show itself, Kingdom, is just, huh. I it, it in my mind it's flawless, um, <laughs> and I don't think we've had a perfect score. Kitty's not here, so her vote doesn't count. So we have ten out of ten for the first thing we reviewed since his house. Or yeah, and what was before that? We had one more before that. Mama uh, before that. Mama got Mama, Mama did really well, and Midsummer actually did really well too. Yeah, Mama Midsummer. His his house was the first perfect score, though I think. I think so. And I mean, I would say I pick this and try to claim that credit for myself. Like I, <laughs> yeah, my two things are the only things that have perfect scores. But in reality, I mean, me and Victor both like really love this show. Um, yeah, we talked about doing this a while ago when I thought I was going to get a job where I was going to work out of town for two weeks. Yeah. Um, but didn't pan out. Um, and, I mean, yeah. I, I suggested it that this would be our backup plan if Kitty wasn't feeling – if she was off doing something else. But, I mean, I said it because I knew Victor loved it as much as I did. So It was a good choice. And this was a lot of fun. And um, we will be uh, – Definitely excited to hear your thoughts on it. If you if you like the show, please let us know. Um, it will help uh, stroke both of our egos, but probably Max's a little bit more than mine, if I'm being honest. Yeah, my um, ego's um, yeah, a little more strokeable. You can almost audibly hear it purr. Um, <laughs> go ahead and send us a message on uh, houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com and let us know if you like this. Uh, you know, like Max said, what's your favorite episode? You know, who's your favorite character? What's your favorite scene? Um, let us know your thoughts. We'd, we'd really genuinely love to hear your opinions. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you like the show, um, please go ahead and, and give us a, a rate, uh, a rating and a review, um, on whatever app you're listening to us on. It helps us out a lot and we, we really do appreciate it. Yeah. Give us a little review ski. Yeah. Um, um, do we have something planned for next week? We do, and it's something that I've been thinking about for a while. But oh, oh, hang on, now I gotta, uh, I gotta make sure. Now I gotta check the genre. I'm almost positive. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, if Kitty's not weighing in on this, then 
We don't know yet. Okay, we don't know. That's, that's, that's the true. thing. That's true. We gotta wait, and we gotta we gotta find out. Let me check it and make sure. Oh fuck! Come on, really? That's bullshit. Let me let me check IMDb. And let me just let just, me just make just sure. Just tell me the name so I can check too. I really wanted to do Aliens, but it's not coming up as horror, which is fucking bullshit. It's action adventure sci-fi. This isn't horror. Are sci-fi you fucking action. kidding me? I, no, it's. That's bullshit. <laughs> Wait, is Aliens the first movie? Uh, Alien is the first movie. Alien. Aliens, plural, is the second movie. You wanted to do the second movie, Aliens. The second movie, Aliens. It's so fucking good. But it's coming up as not being horror, which is, to me, I think, fucking stupid. Nah, well, I honestly, I can't really speak for the second one. I can tell you the first one, I would for sure classify that as horror. Yeah. Um, I haven't. I, I I know I've seen the second one, but it's it's been a while, so I can't remember all of it. Well... Uh, if we're not going to do Aliens, then we can do... That's fucking frustrating. I really like that movie. I mean, the first one's good, too. Yeah, see, uh, yeah, well, Alien is rated horror sci-fi for genres mm. in IMDb, so... Mm. Which makes sense. I mean, it really is. It is. It is very creepy. But it's not my favorite of the, the movies. Okay, so if we're not doing Aliens... What are we doing? Let me, let, me, let me think about it. Let me think about it. I, I mean, I, I came up with this idea and then, it, it, you know, I thought I had it locked and I just didn't check because I was being stupid. Well, um, here, um, down here on IMDb, it says Aliens is action adventure sci-fi thriller. Eh, it's not horror, though. I thought... W- made the rule. Wasn't thrillers, like, also on the list or not? No, I think we, we said that it had to specifically say horror. Okay. All right. All right. And I will, I will honor the rule of the council. Okay. Um, but that means that I just give, just give me a minute. Wait, how's Kingdom described? I'm not even sure if that was described as horror. I mean, it should be. Oh gosh, it has to be. I can't imagine horror. it's not. But <laughs> well, I mean, if it's not too fucking late, we did it. So. Well, how about this? How about um, <laughs> excuse me. Next time it's Kitty's pick, and she's not able to do it, we'll do Aliens instead to punish her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but that was a terrible thing to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Kitty. Um, we do. Well. Let's do... It's been a while since I've done this movie, uh, since we've watched this movie. So let's do Open Grave. Uh, let me let me check that. Oh, oh that, that's got... Oh, what's his face? I just saw him in another movie, too. I just saw him in Old Boy. Um, you know, Vickis Van der Merva from yeah, that other uh, alien Charles- movie. Charlton Copley. Yeah, yep. That's him, isn't it? Yeah. Vickis Van Nerva. Um, yeah, that was actually the first motion picture he'd ever done. Is that is Jude Law in that too? No, that's not Jude Law, is it? In what? Open Grave. Open Grave? I don't believe so. It does have my second favorite German actor, um, Thomas Kreshman. Uh, I don't know who that is off the top of my head, so I'm going to look him up. Uh, in Valkyrie, uh, he was like the... The oh, staff yeah. sergeant in U five seven one. He was the U boat captain. Um, he oh. was in Schindler's List as well. Now that's Max Rotsley. That's not even remotely the same guy as Jude Law. Um, he was also in what? <laughs> uh, Schindler's List. He's the one who gives him the coat. Oh, I did not see Schindler's. Or, uh, sorry, not Schindler's List. Jesus Christ, uh, the pianist. Um, I with, have not um... seen the pianist. <laughs> You've seen my pianist. <laughs> um, 
Okay, yeah. So let's let's do open grave because that is considered horror. Okay. Um, it is says here horror mystery sci-fi. So yeah, horror mystery sci-fi. All right. Uh, yeah, I can I can get behind some open grave here. Um, yeah. Kingdom show. Gee, like you just type in kingdom on Google and it's like kingdom. You know Jehovah's Witness temple. No, that's not what I'm talking. Kingdom about. Hearts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. Uh, let's see. How is it described? Horror, historical film, thriller, political drama, action thriller. That's all are very accurate and very apt uh, titles to give it, or um, uh, descriptions to give it. Yes. Um, is this a show called Kingdom starring Frank Grillo? Let's see. Oh boy, that would have been a very different oh, movie. Oh, no heavens, that's Matt. Oh, hey, yeah, there he is. Frank <laughs> Grillo, Alvi Kulina. That's who he plays in another show called Kingdom. Kingdom. Which went on for three seasons. Interesting. Looks like it might be like some type of like, you know, like big city crime show or something. You know, I like, no like idea. gangsters or thieves or something. But yep, that's yeah, old I, Frank Grilly. No idea. One of my favorite actors for some, uh, I mean, I think he's a great actor and I don't know why uh, he's just uh, really stuck with me. I really like Frank Grillo and um, Jeremy Renner. I think they're both really great actors and I think they're underrated. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you put me on to Frank Grillo, and I've seen a couple movies now with him in it. But it says here, uh, he plays um, Alvi Kalina, and it says Alvi Kalina is the owner of a mixed martial arts gym, and with his girlfriend Lisa, helps train a new generation of fighters, including his sons Jay and Nate. Struggling to keep the gym afloat, the pressure is on for Alvi's boys to come through. Three Sounds seasons. super generic. It does. <laughs> But um, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, I because I said both of their names. Um, Wind River. God damn, that movie is good. Oh, uh, I. You, you know, Victor, uh, you've really told me to watch it, and I, I made you tell me what was going on because I basically said I wasn't gonna watch it. But yeah, I. I, I don't know. I. I. All right. I, I will make this concession. I will go back and try and watch it again. To you just don't watch have it the to whole watch it. Well, I just really liked it. I know. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just complain about it the whole time. <laughs> All right. Well, join us next week oh. or next time hey, or whatever. Victor and ladies and gents. Um, there's also. Yeah. Uh, yeah, boy. Let's see. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's horror or not. God, who plays Sobe? What's her name? By Duna. So let me try and type that in. There's I have to see if it's horror or not. By Duna. Think of I don't know of anything else that I know her from other than Sense8. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. Uh it's called The Silent Sea. Oh, is it that just came out recently? Yeah, it's it's pretty recent. Um, but she's an astronaut in that. Did you see it? Uh, I kind of watched the first episode. <laughs> okay. So, actually, well. I guess I can't recommend it. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I need to go back and try and watch it again. It, it wasn't... It's not horror. It's science fiction thriller mystery. Okay. But she's in that. Um, and she plays, like, kind of a similar character. Like a, you know controlled emotion scientist and like the pilot of the spaceship is 
like a douche, you know, like like this stereotypical space pilot. <laughs> I always are. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, they, 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 I think they crash land on the moon. <laughs> I just think crash landing is such a fun term for space. Like <laughs> infinite directions in order, like, infinite directions you can go in, and you crashed into a planet. I mean, base. I mean, I feel like if you crash land in space, I mean, something obviously has gone horribly wrong, and that's probably the end of your mission. So. Probably. Also, I guess if you fly straight long enough, eventually you'll hit a planet. <laughs> uh, or yeah. get pulled into one. I don't think I put money on that. <laughs> I mean, if the ship has infinite power, eventually maybe. Eh, well, I mean, in theory, if it has infinite power, eventually it'll do everything in the universe there is to do. And surely one of those things would destroy it. So, Hopefully. <laughs> um, Alright, so... Join us next week or next time or whenever it is that we record um, for Open Grave, a uh, Charlotte Copley, which I think I'm pronouncing Charles right. Charlotte Copley. I don't know. Charlotte Copley. Oh, fuck what Charlotte I know. Copley. I don't know. You you pronounce stuff. You I called stuff. him Vickis van der Merva. That's what I've always called him. <laughs> it is true. And that's I know who you're talking about when you say that. <laughs> I forget what movie that um, was. But I, I mean, uh, I remember the movie in its entirety. I just don't remember what it was called. District 9. District 9. Um, yeah, a very good movie. It was um I don't I never confirmed it, but there were um people said that the money that produced that movie, the money that went to producing that movie was originally set aside for producing a Halo movie, which they used some of the assets for. <laughs> well, I'm glad <laughs> so they didn't they make a Halo movie. Oh, well, they've got a Halo show now. Ah, I've not watched it. <laughs> I, I like Red versus Blue. I don't fucking like any other form of Halo, so <laughs> uh all right, so yeah, join us next time for our review of Open Grave. Uh, uh, we are Hounds of Horror. You can reach us at Hounds of Horror Pod. Leave us, um, you know, little messages, haikus, if you will, uh, and I will do my best to not butcher them. I'll take um, haikus. Yeah, um, and we look forward to you know getting into whatever it is we do that is not actually talking about the episode next time because we don't seem to do as much of that as we do talking about other things. <laughs> Hey, listeners, tell me if this is a haiku. Um, Princely Chang. Oh, shit. Is that it? I know. No, (laughs) I had more, but I forget it now. It was so good. Okay. Princely Chang. Fuck! I had, like, all three (laughs) verses just fleshed out in my head. Now I can't remember. (sighs) I like Princely Chang. Fuck! (laughs) Princely Chang wanted to save lives, and in doing so, he did. That's, no, fuck. No, I thought I had it nailed, but now it's gone. Forget it. (laughs) It's already forgotten. Um, Jeez. You can bring it up next time. Write it down. Bring it up next time. I I just thought of it in my head. I'm like, oh, that's almost a perfect haiku, and now we'll never know. Maybe. I wouldn't have known in the first place because I don't really understand what haikus are, clearly. It's just like each line has to have a certain amount of syllables or something. I've heard that before. And I, I doesn't, you know, and I think to the top one's the longest, the middle one's the shortest, and the last one's like second longest. But I don't I don't know if that's exactly how it works. But anyway, this has been Hounds anyway, of Horror. <laughs> this has been Hounds of Horror. I am uh, Victor. And I'm Max. 
I like to add ums, ahs in my sentences because I'm unsure of what I'm going to say. And also because uh, Jeff Goldblum is my hero. Um, <laughs> all right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> See ya.